0: All Indiana Politics is your premier source for Indiana politics. Focusing on issues that matter to you. I still want us to be the best in the Midwest. We can't afford another lockdown. Give the citizens of this country the relief they need. Education in the state of Indiana remains priority number one. In-depth, nonpartisan coverage. We don't know exactly where the economy will be in January.
1: People are worried with good
2: reason.
0: Exclusive interviews with Indiana's political leaders. We have the resources here in the state of Indiana to care for those who are in need. Expert analysis on critical legislation. We need to reform those laws. This
1: recovery is going to take some time. we
0: have got to anticipate that there'll be a budget shortfall. From Wish TV, this is All Indiana Politics Podcast on the All Indiana Podcast Network.
3: Good morning and welcome to another edition of All Indiana Politics on this Sunday. Let's start by talking about voting this week. We know what happened this past week in the U.S. Senate. Democrat push to change the filibuster rules and pass new voting laws failed. In Indiana, we've learned Democrat Destiny Wells will seek to become the state's top election official. Wells will seek the Democrat nomination for Secretary of State. The first time candidate for political office, graduated from IU and the University of Texas School of Law, served in the US Army, and as a deputy general for uh, the state of Indiana. And we welcome in Destiny Wells, the Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. Destiny, good to see you. I want to start here today. Elections here in Indiana safe?
4: I believe they're safe, yes. They are safe and... Sure, so elections are safe and there's gonna be a lot of um, a narrative around it that they aren't safe. And I believe that, you know, the secretary of state is a position of trust with the people and to be stoking the flames that they're not safe and making Hoosiers feel um, like their vote is uh, up for grabs is is not the way to go about it. It, they are not safe in a different way. And that's looking toward the future. And these are issues of voter suppression and election subversion. Those are the issues that leave voters uh, ballots not safe. And that's manipulating the process by elected officials.
3: Okay, as you very well know, Indiana has had a voter ID law in the books for about 10 years now. Do you think that does not work?
4: so indiana was one of the first states to have voter id the thing with our voter id is it's very restrictive so you see past secretaries of state, Republican secretaries of state, Todd Rakita, and then Secretary of State Lawson, who first enacted that legislation to have voter ID saying, hey, voter ID makes Hooters feel safe. That is not true. In fact, we have been in a race to the bottom as far as voter participation is concerned. You have former Secretary of State Rakita saying that voter ID made voters feel more confident at the polls. But in fact, when you look when voter ID was enacted in, in years such as 2014, we were the last in the nation for voter participation so why are we making voting more difficult instead of making voting easier we have different forms of ID that could be accepted at the polls without getting rid of voter ID completely any type of ID that makes you show a background check should be suitable at the polls even my state ID when I was a deputy attorney general could not be used at the election polls I needed to use a government-issued ID and let's let's think about government government-issued IDs. When you go to the BMV, they're selling your information. These are all things that we should be taking into consideration.
3: Okay, so so quickly, do you think that, that the, the current laws that are on the books keeps people here in Indiana from voting?
4: I do believe that it restricts access to the polls, and it is keeping people from voting.
3: So you become Secretary of State. What, what do you plan to change?
4: I wanna look at voter ID and talk about expanding the different types of ID that can be used at the polls. I also wanna move beyond voter ID and talk about things like the 29 day voter registration deadline. That is the longest deadline in the country. Why is that? Because the federal courts said we can't do any more than 29 days. So let's say you move within 29 days you're not gonna be able to vote if you hadn't thought about this beforehand. And a lot of Hoosiers aren't even thinking about the elections until two, three weeks out from election day.
3: Would you be in favor of moving to allow anyone to vote absentee or or mail-in?
4: So we've heard from Secretary of State Lawson that 2020 was the best year for voter turnout since 1992 when Democrats were in office. If you look at that though, 60% of that, 61%, were absentee ballots. So why would we not want more Hoosiers to be able to vote by absentee ballot? But we've just seen lately legislation that's um, in the House that would require the last four digits of a social security number or a driver's license number to be used on an absentee ballot. Let's look down the road. Things that are happening right now in Texas a fifth of absentee ballots are being thrown out because those numbers don't match original paperwork. We need to be able to anticipate these things. And I wanna be able to push back against a legislature that's making it harder to vote instead of easier to vote.
3: As you very well know, President Biden is, is, is uh, pushing the Senate to, to move forward on a federal voting bill. Your thoughts on that?
4: I believe that, look, um, where Congress is right now, they're probably not gonna get the sweeping change they want because that's another issue with the filibuster. So at the state level, we have to help ourselves. And I wanna help uh, Hoosiers have more expanded opportunity at the ballot box instead of it being harder to vote.
3: One last question before I let you go. We, we, We hear this all the time, social media, cable networks, that democracy is in peril, in danger of collapsing. Do you agree
4: with that? I do believe that democracy is at risk. Across the nation that you see national security professionals like myself, I have 19 years in the military, stepping up to run for office, because those are our careers that we have spent upholding democracy. And the cornerstone of guarding the Republic is guarding the ballot box. And I wanna safeguard the vote. We are at ground zero when we are at the ballot box. And when politicians begin to play with the vote, then they are putting democracy up for grabs.
3: Destiny Wells, the Democratic candidate for Indiana Secretary of State. Destiny, always good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Meanwhile, for Republicans, current Secretary of State Holly Sullivan has announced she will seek a full term in office. Governor Eric Holcomb appointed her to the job in March of last year. All right, coming up, tackling the surge of violent crime here in Indianapolis and the Republican candidate who wants to take over the Marion County Prosecutor's Office to help make it happen. That's next on All Indiana Politics.
0: If you ever thought about starting a podcast of your own, All Indiana Podcast Network can help you get started. Here's your chance to talk about the things you love, history, hobbies, vacation and travel, investing, true crime, love and romance, furry friends, whatever you like. Share your stories and start a podcast today. All Indiana Podcast Network can help you create, produce, distribute, and promote your podcast. For more information, email contact at allindianapodcast.com. That's contact at allindianapodcast.com.
3: And welcome back to all Indiana politics as we continue to focus on this year's elections, including the race for Marion County Prosecutor Democrat Ryan Mears confirms he will seek a second term in office. We've also learned one of the Republicans who hopes to challenge him is Cindy Carrasco and she announced her campaign this week. She's served as the state's inspector general and most recently as deputy general counsel to Governor Eric Holcomb. And let's welcome in Cindy Carrasco now, the Republican candidate for Marion County Prosecutor. Cindy, good to see you. Thank you for joining us.
1: It's great to see you. Thank you very much for having me here.
3: So as you very well know, our homicide rate has skyrocketed over the past two years. What's going on in the criminal justice system that maybe uh, isn't moving in the right direction and that you would wanna change? You know,
1: unfortunately, you're exactly right. Our um, our crime rate is just exponentially growing year after year. And I've seen this grow uh, even more over the last couple of years and it's the reason why I decided to join this race. I wanna make a difference for my community. Um, I wanna make a difference for Marion County. I think Marion County deserves a prosecutor that is going to set the tone and lead the charge to work collectively with partners in uh, public safety to make sure that our city gets back to what it was when I first decided to make Indianapolis my home almost 20 years ago.
3: Would you go as far as saying the criminal justice system is broken?
1: You know, I think that public safety is a team effort. And I think that in order for us to move the needle on public safety, We all have to be working towards the same goal. And I think the area where we need some improvement is on leadership in the prosecutor's office to start those conversations with all of the stakeholders that it's gonna take for us to collectively make a difference. We need to have partnerships with law enforcement. We need to have partnerships with the courts, with the community and a variety of other stakeholders that we all want the same thing. We want safety on our streets.
3: Yeah, several Republican lawmakers, as, as you very well know, have uh, come up with bills to curb violence, including uh, changing the bail system. Is that enough? Do you support those bills or, or is, is there a need for something else?
1: Well, what I can tell you is I am aware of the bills that have been filed um, by the senators and the status quo is not working. That's that's the bottom line. And, you know, I appreciate the effort of the senators and anyone who is working towards um, making a difference, making a change, uh, changing the status quo and working with stakeholders to try to come up with solutions to to make a difference.
3: What do you say to folks who say, hey, we understand that some of these plans put people behind bars, but they don't really address the root cause of crime.
1: You know, I think that the pendulum has swung way too far to the other extreme and that what we need here in Marion County is we need to bring that pendulum uh, back to the middle. We need to hold violent repeat violent offenders accountable and also get help to those offenders that need the help so that we do get to the root cause of the issues. Because in the end, I believe that any interaction of an individual with the criminal justice system should be an opportunity to be able to change the path for not only that individual, but it's also going to benefit us all as a community. And there's a way for us to do both of those things.
3: Okay. So if you are elected, how will you be able to work with um, Democratic Mayor and Joe Hogsett?
1: You know, I have a lot of experience um, in my state experience, almost 20 years with the state in working with a variety of stakeholders that have different agendas, quite frankly, despite polit- being part of the polit- same political parties. So I've got experience leading the conversations with people who have competing agendas. And the key to that is listening and being willing to work with people that might have different ideas.
3: COVID-19 has thrown a huge wrench into trials here in Marion County, as you're well aware. Uh, how do you plan to fix the backlog without offering a, a lot of plea agreements?
1: Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I have continuously heard from a variety of stakeholders as I've you know talked to people throughout the, the county um, is the concern about this backlog. And having managed an office before, and having managed um, various issues throughout the state, I can tell you that first and foremost, it's about making sure that I go in and assess the situation, make sure that you've got the team in place that's ready to deal with the backlog of cases. And then, Quite frankly, I think it's partially putting out information to the public to know exactly where we are on those cases in the prosecutor's office, and then working with the courts, that partnership again, to be able to come to a solution to ensure that justice is served timely.
3: Cindy, I've got time for one more question, and I appreciate you joining us today. Um, If you are elected, what would be the first thing you change when heading into the prosecutor's office?
1: That's a great question. And while I have many things that I would change, the one thing that I would do immediately is I would reach out to the various stakeholders that I've mentioned that all are part of public safety in the hopes of bringing them to the table to have a conversation so that we can start leading the charge to how we can all work collectively towards bringing safety back to our streets.
3: Cindy Carrasco, the Republican candidate for Marion kenny Prosecutor. Cindy, thank you for joining us. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, coming up, marking one year in office for President Biden, the successes and the struggles. Our political experts standing by to debate that next on All Indiana Politics. Welcome back to All Indiana Politics as we welcome back Democrat Brian Gatti and Republican Mario Mussolomani. Gentlemen, good to see you. This week, as you very well know, marked one full year in office for President Biden. Polls also show his public approval numbers at their lowest point ever. I know you guys are gonna disagree on this with with each other's answers, but where are we after one year of the Biden administration? We'll start with you, Mario, go ahead.
2: I think it's uh, shown to be a complete, complete utter failure. Uh, Biden has been a complete disappointment, not only to Republicans, but also to Democrats. When you think about it, Democrats wanted uh, voting reform. Not happened. Uh, they've wanted some sort of uh, Build Back Better uh, plan. Didn't happen. They've wanted reforms on immigration. Nothing. Student loan forgiveness. Nothing. Us Republicans, we we had 1.9 percent uh, inflation at the time of uh you know, Donald Trump leaving office. Guess what? It's 7% right now. Gas prices over 58%. So Republicans are very disappointed, but so are Democrats. I think that Biden has just been a complete and utter disaster. Brian? Donald Trump was such a great president. Why did he get fired by the
5: American people? He definitely lost his job. And President Biden won more votes than any other presidential candidate in American history. Defeated uh, Donald Trump by over 7 million votes or do you guys still think the election was not for real and was a fraud? Uh, I guess you guys are still playing that game. Look, the fact is, President Biden has done a great job. Um, Is inflation an issue, of course? When you look at how he's passed his agenda with the American Rescue Plan, um, just, just getting millions of Americans back to work, Um, Is COVID an issue, of course, but it beats the the last guy, the former guy, as we Democrats call him, that was telling people to inject bleach in their systems and ultraviolet lights and all this other nonsense. Uh, President Biden's doing a great job. And, uh, you know, coming in behind President Trump, former President Trump, um, was going to be a tough task for any president. So President Biden overall is doing a great job. Uh,
2: Hey, Phil, I don't understand under what metrics. Go ahead. Uh, Brian believes that uh, President Biden is doing a good job because uh, President Trump at least got us a vaccine. uh, Vaccines that uh, have been now being used by the American people. Uh, President Biden has mismanaged COVID significantly. During the holidays, people were complaining that there weren't any tests. And Biden, even advisors had told him, we need to have more tests. He didn't focus on that. And when you look at just his record, it's been atrocious. You look well, if you, the, you look the, yeah, if you look
5: at the uh, if you look at if you look at the numbers that that under uh, former President Trump, we didn't even have PPE. We okay, had hospitals. But, but we're not
3: talking about President Trump, though, Brian. We're talking about President Biden. So, how much of the president's approval struggles are self-inflicted, asking for too much, or or Democrat, Democratic infighting in in, in public?
5: I don't think uh, President Biden's struggles are self-inflicted. President Biden has gotten most of his agenda enacted into law. I mean, is is there, you know, have there been disappointments? Sure. I mean, there are disappointments with any uh, presidential administration. So uh, there's there's no need to paint the picture that everything is going, you know, south for President Biden. President Biden is doing a great job. Are there disappointments? Sure. There there, there were disappointments with former President Trump. Obviously, the biggest disappointment is he lost his job. He was fired. So the fact is he didn't do a great job. President Biden is doing a great job.
3: Okay, Bill, so, Mario, the, 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 brief- the one thing we will say, though, is the numbers, right? The, we're talking about jobs and unemployment. The numbers are showing growth since last yes, January. The, and the economy's
5: getting better under President Well, Biden.
3: hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll let you jump in here, uh, Brian. Mario, so your response to that, because the jobs well. are going up, and I understand that we got rid of 9 million jobs and we've added 6 million since. So there is some, some wiggle room there with the numbers, but you can't deny the facts, Mario. The numbers are going in the right direction. No, and, and, and incomes are going well, up too. Phil, well, hold on, so Brian.
2: I did You let me finish uh, speaking because I think the answer the question was to me. Uh, so you, you we'll asked go ahead. Uh, about the job numbers. The problem is, uh, Phil, uh, people are paying more for rent. They're paying more for gas prices. They're paying more for their milk, their food, their heat. Uh, so yeah, people might have jobs but they're not able to afford to provide the basic necessities for their families. And that's because of this record inflation. Now, Brian talks about, well, they they wanna spend more money. They wanna uh, do the Build Back Better plan. Uh, They they already spent about uh, about $2.2 trillion. All that's doing is creating hyperinflation. Just juicing an economy, all you're doing is actually increasing inflation. So if anything, what we need to do is maybe uh, increase interest rates. So that way we taper down and don't have some sort of bubble that bursts and destroys this economy.
3: All right, so Brian, go ahead, jump in there if you want to respond. Well,
5: the usual, a remedy from the Republicans, this tax cuts for millionaires and billionaires to blow a hole in the deficit. I'm surprised that my my, my friend Mario's not talking about that. That's usually their elixir to every economic problem. Just pass the tax cut for millionaires and billionaires, and, and, and I guess keep things going, rolling along. Well, the fact is this economy is coming back. We were creating millions of jobs. We, uh, president Biden's created 5 million jobs since he's been president, not to mention um, salaries are going up. You know, income levels are going okay, up but we, we,
3: But the inflation is a problem. I think we can all agree on that. I have a minute left, so I want to get your take on this. One year from now, we're talking again, all three of us, What are we discussing when it comes to approval ratings? Brian, go ahead, 30 seconds.
5: I think President Biden will be north of 50%. I'm thinking between 50, 51, 52%. Um, I think we Democrats will hold the House. We will hold the Senate. Because you know why? Because we're going to remind Americans, the last time
2: Republicans controlled the government.
3: Mario, take us uh, home, 15 seconds. Go ahead.
2: The red wave is coming, Phil. The red wave is coming. We're going to control the House. We're going to control the Senate. And Biden will not even have about 40, 42 percent because he's failed the American people. He's failed Republicans. He's also failed yeah. Democrats. Donald Trump failed. That's why he lost his job. All right, right, guys, take this. <laughs> take
3: this. Take this off air on social media. We'll talk soon. Thank you very Donald much. Donald Trump we'll be lost right his back. job. Thank he you. He
5: definitely failed. <laughs>
3: for joining us for all Indiana politics on this Sunday. We're watching for a big week at the State House in the General Assembly. Follow us for that and we'll of course be back here next Sunday morning at 9 30. Have a great rest of your weekend.
0: From Wish TV, this is All Indiana Politics Podcast on the All Indiana Podcast Network. Watch All Indiana Politics live Sunday mornings at 930 on Wish TV and at wishtv.com. Subscribe to this podcast and listen weekly here on the All Indiana Podcast Network. And be sure to discover even more great podcasts at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.